Sean Capri. I'm in my car and I've got the air conditioning on. It is so warm here up in Canada. Global warming, am I right? I'm on a Skype call with my friend Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, and you're on the most sports powerful podcast on the internet, Luke. And that's what people are listening to. So let's talk about Google and all that other stuff. So turn that dial into the Xbox drive. I feel like I forgot something, but that's okay, ball. No greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. Luke, did I even say, like, it's me, Sean Capri? I don't even know what I... Sometimes I black out a little bit during those intros. It's just... There's so much yelling and, I don't know, nonsense. I don't have a script because I'm driving in my car, ball. Hi, Luke. If I could be honest, sometimes I tune you out when you do it. Yeah, I, I'll bet. You really, you, really, you really put up with a lot when it comes to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you no. really do. You 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 put up with quite a lot, nah, and that, that's, that's okay. Cool. That's like che- that's like Chelsea. Everybody close in my life, Bobby knows this. <laughs> Bobby knows this well, very you, well. You take a plane also, to train I don't have in an me dinner at home. Hi there. Can I please get a quarter pounder oh, meal with uh, with a large diet coke and large fries, please? So much sodium. That, oh that, that my. Is all. There's no soda. Is there sodium in diet coke? That's all, please. In no way can I judge you. I ate a whole pizza for dinner. Guys, I have nobody at home waiting to like make me make me dinner, so I've got no choice but to go to McDonald's and get a quarter pounder meal. <laughs> oh God, help well, my arteries now. I uh, I I just threw a whole frozen pizza in the oven, a little barbecue flavor, California pizza, oh, chicken type. Oh baby. Oh goodness, it was good. It was Luke, good. And I gotta we ain't tell got you, time for this nonsense though. <laughs> Oh, oh, you get to tell your story, but I can't tell the people. Like, you know what? Pizza relates to Halo because everybody said my nonsense. pizza because they're putting Halo on PC. <laughs> Guys, we've got Google Stadia stuff to talk about. Oh, my gosh. Apex is back in the news. No, go. Who knew it? Uh, no Man's Sky, Game Pass, LucasArts sort of is back. <laughs> Cuphead somehow ended up in my news feed again. we got a stoplight review from Brendan Myers. Eric Green wrote into the, the – we're not the trophy room. We're the Xbox drive ball. And um, there's we, – oh, we did a great poll, which you guys were awesome about. Sean, I've been playing The Division 2. What do you want to talk show. about first? Let's uh oh my god all those things. Um I want to talk about the division because you and I played a little bit. I don't know if things have changed. Well, why don't we give the people, the kind people who are listening, the amazing people who are listening a bit of a rundown on what's going on with the division 2. All right. For context, um I received a code from Ubisoft and so did you. Yes. Um but we we dove into the division and I will say playing solo is hard. It is not an easy game, mm-hmm. especially uh for me, coming off Anthem, where there, you're a lot of mobility, a lot of uh, flying around. You can get out of dodge if you need to real quick. There's and a dodge matchmaking's button. built in. Like, you sort of have to get matched up with people to play the missions, right, for the, for Anthem? Correct. Yeah, you select to play solo versus select to play with people, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of inverted for, from Division 2. But Division 2, right. i got to tell you, man, I'm high on it early on. I think it's very, very good. Great launch yes. overall. I think it's a good game. It's, it's hard, so I don't know... You know, I'm a hundred hours deep into Anthem, but I, I don't. I think Division's got to. You're a hundred hours into Anthem. I think what we need to focus here on <laughs> is that I'm 102 <laughs> hours into Apex. <laughs> oh my god, dude! That's like that's like all of 2019's gaming for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. February was a packed month, man. I had to give the people the cover i don't know i enjoy it they're fun games and if you enjoy a game you should enjoy playing it and uh okay so tell me about i'm about to pay this nice lady can you tell me about division i'd love to say about division so obviously it's a 
the next iteration of Division One and Division One. For all the feedback they received, it looks like they put a lot of that into practice. Uh, it is difficult, but very, very manageable. There's an, a huge number of menus in the game, well documented, in order to manage your loots and uh, your your crafting and your armors. But I got to tell you, they did a good job given all that. I love the mm-hmm. abilities. I love the perks. You and I ran into a bit of a perk bug when we played together with Garrett Bland. Hello, Garrett. Hi, Garrett. Um, and that that definitely ruined kind of that experience for me, but uh, less than a week out from launch, and that has been patched and fixed. And so good signs all around. Um, it, the game is gorgeous, or at least from what I can tell. DC seems perfect. I, I like it far better than New York. Uh, a lot of less verticality implied by the city of DC versus New York, and because your character kind of stays uh, on the ground, it makes far more sense to it. So I, I'm really high on it. How about you? Dude, I am. I'll, I'll say this: I th- I've been thinking a lot about um, why I'm liking the division versus why I did not really get into Anthem. Mostly so that I was prepared for a question that I, I thought you might be asking, like, "Come on, man, like, get on to Anthem," because that's not at all what you sound like. Um, for me, the biggest thing is just like being able to go from one mission to the next to the next to the next. I like with Anthem, I I, I really disliked achieving my goal within that mission and then being thrust out. I don't know if this is changing or if there are any plans to change that, but for the division, like the, the roaming nature of the game is so conducive to just like one more mission. I just got to go run over there and I'm just going to go do this thing. And the emerging gameplay is such that like, I might not even get to the thing that I'm pointing my next, my waypoint to Like I might get distracted with um, a question mark that pops up or something else that happens or a group of guys that maybe we start attacking them and, and collecting the loot. So I've really just enjoyed the evolution from the first game into this game from that kind of, from that perspective. Thank you so much. You too. I got my, my food, guys. I'm all set. So I continue to really like it. And also, I, I go back and forth between wanting to play like with, with groups of people to solo. And where when I'm playing solo, I'm, I'm diving a little bit more into the customization of my character. Like I'm, I'm getting into the menus, and I'm feeling rewarded for all the, the time that I'm putting in when I'm with a crew. And then when I'm with you guys, I'm just like, let's just go get missions. Like, let, let's just focus on playing the game. And I feel like the game does a really nice, it's flexible in that way, that I can do both of those things. And it feels like two completely different, um, two completely different experiences. And when I play solo, I tend to focus more on the story missions because of the dialogue that I would be missing out on if I'm chatting away with you guys, if that makes sense. Certainly. Uh, it does seem very story light, but this very much feels, uh, gameplay-wise, like a a developer that has talked with and worked with uh, other studios that clearly made games like Far Cry and Assassin's Creed because it took single-player experiences and was able to blend it with multiplayer experiences. So when you, in your Pantheon and catalog, if you've got games like Rainbow Six and games like Far Cry and uh, Assassin's Creed, Origins and Odyssey, this feels like those things brought together. It feels like they took Ghost Recon Wildlands, the lessons from that, mm-hmm. uh, applied it to what they learned from the first division, and they, they took in lessons learned about uh, map traversal from, from Assassin's Creed. And they've done, a, I think, a very good job. For all the problems it has, it seems like they're addressing them quickly. It seems like it had a much more stable launch. It seems like they uh, listened to Division 1 concerns. I mean, I did not like Division 1. I put that down very, pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, and yet I am far more uh, positive about Division 2, and I can see this being a game I continue to return to, much like several of these live service games. These are games that you play and then you kind of have your fill with, or and then you go back later on. It's very 
very small segments of a community that will play this nonstop. The Destiny community that you know hits it every single day for its dailies <laughs> consistently for a year. That's a very niche community, uh, and so you know I think Division Two's uh, got a bright future and a great start, at least to say the least. What do you think? Re- the last thing I want to kind of touch on is like we often talk about um, on ramps, like the games that are sort of that gateway into these types of games i don't think that the division two or even the division one is that game as much as i'm loving it i think that if you've not really experienced this type of games as service uh shared world action rpg type of thing that this is this is still going to maybe scare some people away uh, which yes. is unfortunate that but there's other games that maybe are there for that reason but um if you which is really a reason why i disliked division one and destiny to start with because i just didn't know like what the flow was, I didn't really understand the gameplay loop. But once you get into it, um, I think the Division Two is a very evolved uh, example of that. But it's it it might be not for newcomers. I wonder because of course I have a bias coming off of another live service game, and so I was prepared for some of the menu management and the idea of crafting and uh, you know managing loot and discarding loot. That that is an intimidating thing to enter. I almost wish games like this had an easy mode. Where they just auto-equipped my best uh, equipment and immediately deconstructed or, or sold off things. I, I wish that existed. Mm. I don't think it would be conducive to their economy and their, uh, you know, the, the idea that they're using microtransactions to offset rising game costs. And I don't know that it would work for that, but it would be nice uh, to have something like that. But nonetheless, uh, I'm looking forward to more Division Two kind of in the future, whether it's with you or solo. It's, it's something that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I've had the division on the the first one on my on my system since it came out. I've gladly deleted it, and now this is going to be my next my game for the next couple of years. Luke, can I really quickly tell you about a game called Overload? I would love to hear about a game called Overload. This is the one you and I DM'd about, yeah. You pointed it out to me actually as one of the ID at Xbox games that that came out, and you're like, "Hey, man, I think you might like this. It's uh, from the creators of Destiny, the the old PC no, game." Not Destiny. I don't, I'm sorry. Not Destiny. Um, uh, what the hell's the word? It starts with a Descent. D. Descent. Descent. Damn it. Damn it. I'm driving. Did I mention I'm driving? I've heard uh, rumors. Descent. The people who made Descent are, uh, they've created their, their own team called Revival, mm-hmm. which is sort of like Respawn, I guess, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. This is a game where you play, uh, it's a futuristic game you're playing in about 100 years in the future. You're off in the moons of Saturn in a, in a spaceship, and it's, um, I guess they call it like a six-axis action action game so it sort of looks like a first person shooter but you can travel in in all directions so you're floating around and you're you're attacking all these guys so if you played descent back in the day you know exactly what you're getting yourself into um i am absolutely loving this game uh but for the most part this is not like uh this is not going to catch too many people's attention but for 15 or 20 bucks i totally recommend it for anybody who's got that sort of action itch in their back pocket. But that's all I really wanted to say about it. I'm really, really liking it. it um, it's really good. That's it. And it, tr- it translates well to a controller, that kind of six-directional... Uh, you know piloting. what? If you, have the, if you have the Elite controller, it's better. I can't really... Because I like having the extra paddles on the back. Um, but you really need to be able to move up, down, left, right, and tilt and do a barrel roll and all these things. Um, so having the paddles is really helping me out. But that's really why I enjoyed playing it on PC before. I had a joystick uh, back in the day. The Sidewinder joystick, which was really good. Um, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, so just I'm just really liking it. I wanted to give it a quick shout-out. That's cool, dude. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, you know, those older games, they do a lot for me, and it, it warms my heart and worried me a little bit because uh, an older developer sort of 
it kind of hit the news today in that Disney's reviving Lucasfilm. Oh. Uh, Lucasfilm games or LucasArts games, and there, there's a bit of a nomenclature disparity there. Yeah. Um, it looks like Disney's just hiring for brand management and publicity and publisher-type things, but they are working on also bringing in artists. And at the time that we are recording... Uh, it looks possible that LucasArts could be making a small comeback uh, or at the very least working on diversifying its coverage of different properties they own, including Star Wars, meaning that a couple people might be making Star Wars games outside of EA down the road, but it doesn't look like they're yanking it from EA at the moment. Wait a minute. Are you trying to put some reality and context around my what my imagination is doing and what I'm sure a lot of people's imagination is doing when they heard, when they heard this news that that our age-old LucasArts studios are coming back? Are you trying to say that maybe we should just get a hold of ourselves? I, I might be implying that, you yes. Son that of a would bitch. be a logical inference for you to you make. S- I know. <laughs> no, I, I want I Star Wars 1313 to... back, man. I want it. Uh, Dark Forces 4 ain't happening for a bit, buddy. Son it's of a gun. Not. Well, what about uh, Secret of Monkey Island? I don't even know what that is. Cold I only nerds talk about that kind of All stuff. Right. I Rebel couldn't Assault. even tell you. Oh, yes. Oh, man. That was one of my favorite Tie PS1 fighter. games was Rebel Assault 2. Oh, even good. X-Wing, oh. yeah. Bring it back. I'm just Bring saying names just to you know, like, <laughs> make people blow their nostalgic load. You're getting me all out of here. <laughs> oh, jeez. Cuphead's coming to Nintendo Switch, Sean. Oh, my God. Why do I even own an Xbox anymore? Uh, I'm just now, kidding. Now. <laughs> Snark aside, uh, it is kind of neat to see Studio MDHR, who, the makers of Cuphead, uh, such a talented studio. It's Seriously. nice to see... A, a franchise and an IP like Cuphead, which seems so ripe for a Nintendo console. Yeah, uh, it's nice to see that hitting Switch. Further uh, evidence that Nintendo and Microsoft are getting along well uh, in this relationship is that not only is it hitting Switch, but it's going to be hitting with Xbox Live integration uh, shortly after launch, including Xbox Live achievements. I can't. I can't wait. And you know, I, I echo your sentiments. That the first thing I thought of was like, good for that small Canadian family team. Um, mm-hmm. That they get, you know, Nintendo fans are going to eat this game up. This is such a Nintendo type of game, and I'm glad that uh, it had its time on Xbox as an exclusive. I think it, w- it played an important role to round out mm-hmm. the portfolio. Um, but it's a perfect fit for Switch, man. Everybody should be excited about this game. It makes me really wonder about, you know, it's not necessarily a first party game. Um, so I'm wondering what other, uh, and I don't want to put any, any of us on the spot here, but what other types of second party, third party type of deals. Um, that, in, that Xbox had a hand in making sure that the game happened, but could ultimately land on, on other systems. Um, I think there's a huge difference well, between s- this and, like, Ori. Like, Ori is really a first... Wait, is it? Maybe that's a question I should be asking. No, Ori's coming. Ori's going to hit uh, other platforms, I think. Do you, you think, think so? See that? I think absolutely. It certainly will, particularly with xCloud becoming a thing and, and the, the, the wake of Stadia's announcement. We'll talk about that in a bit. But, I mean, you saw... Microsoft helped with Tomb Raider, and that ended up on other platforms. You saw Sony help with games like Hellblade and uh, Near Autom- Automata, and, and those came to other systems as well. Yeah, I guess I, think I was there just trying is... to remember if Ori, if they ever ended up buying Ori, the the developers for Ori. Who I believe that's right now. Moon Studios. And it was a Moon uh, something. Something like yeah, but uh, I do not believe Ori is first party. I don't think it is. It's not within yeah, the maybe. the thirteen studios that they, that Microsoft has now after they gobbled up so many. And we'll talk about why they did that uh, in a bit. But it, it certainly seems to me that this is a good deal all around for lots of people. Yeah. Uh, and again, future proofing for multiple companies involved. All three, I'd say. Yeah, totally. 
uh, No Man's Sky is getting another major update this summer. Uh, and I bring that up not because I think it's groundbreaking uh, news, but because it's a wonderful redemption story for a studio uh, that put something out uh, perhaps uh, – well, definitely with some – some frustrating uh, social media tendencies certainly it blew up in their face. Looks like lesson learned in a lot of uh, a lot of capacities. There it came to new platforms, including Xbox. Uh, Sean Murray seemed to learn from certain mistakes on social media, and now those fans are being rewarded with yet another major update. And I like this because it's it's very much a hey, stick with it, fix what you got, don't abandon right away. And um, you know, as someone who thoroughly enjoyed February's games, and not everyone else did, I, I like the idea that okay. Stick with it. There's something there. I agree, and I and I have to applaud that team. Now, I just sort of wish that the rest of the internet might learn a similar lesson that like there is a redemption story. Like there, nobody's giving them. I, I mean, you're just giving them credit. What I'm trying to say is is um, Sean Murray and the team they learned their lesson. Has the internet learned its lesson of like maybe you shouldn't be shouting out um, death threats at game developers? Like, can we just can we learn that it wasn't the end of the world and that like nobody i mean nobody died and we can all just maybe treat each other a little bit better i'm just waiting for that side of the equation to balance out um but of course man i agree i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to rent this game from the library once again <laughs> so i can check out what's new with this update but uh, so can't you wait are to learn interested more. in the idea of more multiplayer you would you would go back to no man's sky still yes i liked what they did with the last um what uh what the heck was it was it atlas there was atlas and then what was the last one called it was something fancy beyond no beyond this is this is beyond Shoot. There's something there. Whatever the last one was 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 really sure. great. Um, and yeah, man, I, I have a. I've from the moment I saw from the first frame I saw No Man's Sky, I was interested. I was really just really uh, intrigued by what they were going for, and uh, mm-hmm. I will always have a special place in my heart for that game and for that team. So whatever that translates into, I'm not entirely sure just yet. I just don't have like my my lifestyle doesn't isn't conducive for that type of game for all that it offers and what it what how consuming it could be for me there's too many other games to play but i got to check it out i've got to at least give it a try from the this library. very much strikes me as a game that will come to xcloud early on in xcloud's launch uh, it will i think it would come to game pass very comfortably uh, because this is the game that is far more casual. If it does bring the multiplayer things it's bring, that it says it will, the idea that you could play it anywhere for a few minutes, do your crafting, do your exploring around. It's not quite an Anthem Division destiny where you got to be in there all the time, but you do have a living world that, that can be updated regularly. I think that, that this is a ripe for a, an xCloud thing because it's not Twitch-based. You don't need to immediately react. But you could have a good time with a game like No Man's Sky if you were sitting on the train or you were uh, waiting for your kid's orthodontist appointment to be done. I think there's uh, something to that. You know what would take No Man's Sky to the next level is somewhat something that Halo... I'm sorry that I gave my, my cards there. Something that Minecraft did where it started adopting different universes. Like, what if throughout the galaxy or universe or whatever you're exploring in No Man's Sky, like, you stumble upon, like, where Halo is based or where you have, like, other... Like, maybe Mass Effect or something like that. Like, what if, what if they had, like, licensed properties discoverable... With within No Man's Sky, I think that would be so cool that you could create and develop your rocket ship so that you can go discover these things and then you have special materials and missions. Like, I I started to think about um, Star Fox being in... Uh, Starlink without the game, the Ubisoft game, um, and yes. how and how that was such a such a good get. It would be so cool to see Microsoft partner in a really powerful way to link up a bunch of sci-fi stories. Um, like, what if you found like Gears of War? Like, that would be incredible to just land on these planets and uh, think- all of a sudden you're getting attacked by the locust. 
Well, I got to tell you, in the my gut reaction is cut the fan fiction nonsense. You know, you hear that kind of idea that you know this is what you hear people on YouTube when they need to fill a show talk about. And yet this is also the same week where we saw people go between three devices in Google Stadia yeah. uh, in real time where where Xbox and Nintendo are playing real nice with one another, where uh, Doom Eternal is, is trotted out onto another player's uh stadium and so at first my first gut reaction is like no way sean get real and then i'm like wait a minute i don't i truly don't know what is real anymore uh for gaming because now gaming doesn't require any hardware yeah you know our first parties are all mixing and matching so there's a lot more possibility there and if you got a living world like like no man's sky hey why not totally why not but i think we just gave no man's sky more credit than perhaps it deserves at this stage Perhaps, but the conversation that that consistently updated, fixed, and developers sticking with something, I think, is a is a good thing, and it's nice to see that rewarded. Particularly in the wake of Sea of Thieves, I mean, that just got a huge update, uh, or the, the updates coming in, in April. Uh, fishing is going to be there, you know, more wildlife, more mute missions. Like Sea of Thieves turns a year old, and it continues to get new and fresh content. Again, we talked about this regularly. They're continuing to support their platform, and that's. A positive. That's a positive. I, I need to know. I need you know. Chris Johnston uh, talks a lot about this over on Player One podcast. Uh, I need to know. Did One they fix the economy? Shows. Did they fix that economy where like you get a reasonable amount of gold and you can purchase thing, like things for your ship and and whatnot for a reasonable amount of price? Like that was my biggest thing. Was I was wandering around all these hours and I'm not getting enough gold and I can't buy anything and the payoff was too far away because I'm a millennial apparently and I need instant gratification. It's you know it's meant funny you mentioned economies because we've seen so many games get that wrong. That's got to be some math I master know. difficulty when you're trying to balance you know microtransactions to fund the game for a year two yeah. years out uh, versus making players happy and having that gratification. How much content do you need versus hold back? Those are conversations you and I consistently are forced to have over in this generation and will certainly have into the next generation. Uh, I I can't imagine being the guy that has to sign off on this economy when they understand the math involved with certain decisions and kind of in that same vein apex legends just launches battle pass after Mm. not having anything uh not having anything in its first month and still you know trumping out 50 million plus players including me uh and then they dropped this battle pass which at first glance feels pretty disappointing but it was only 10 bucks and you can easily buy the new characters with in-game currency, and it's not a pain. Uh, there's how do you understand economies? That's just wild math to me. Walk, walk me through that, man, because I'm seeing a lot of people really disappointed and frustrated with the Apex Legends Battle Pass, but I don't know enough about the Battle Pass or perhaps even the game to know where is this frustration coming from. Like, what what is the Battle Pass? What do people get out of it? And like, maybe where does the frustration come from? The model seems based off of Epic's Fortnite, and so it certainly is not new territory with what uh, Respawn is doing. Uh, the idea is that you you purchase the Battle Pass for ten bucks or w- with in-game currency, which you can do, uh, and you earn uh, as you earn XP, it unlocks different tiers of experience. And each tier, you get a certain number of rewards. Maybe you get a loot box, maybe you get a skin for a character, or an intro dialogue piece, or uh, a skin for a gun, and I think the initial frustration is that the skins and the, the uh, cosmetics, largely the cosmetics, look very uninspired. They don't look very exciting, um, and it's it's strange because 
you know, you come off of uh, Anthem where everyone's real frustrated at how content light it feels. Uh, and then you play a game like a- a- Apex, and the gameplay is bar none incredible. It's, it'd be foolish for anyone not to acknowledge that. I mean, when you have that many players and that many concurrence and people are playing it as much as they are, to disappoint them with such weak or seemingly uninspired rewards within a game seems like a, a weak uh something unnecessary you are clearly going to make money with this and i and i do want to point out i bought this battle pass myself i bought one for joseph moran so i continue playing with him because i enjoy his company so much um and i felt justified in doing that because as i said i have 100 hours of gameplay in this game mm-hmm. and it made perfect sense to to spend a 10 dollar battle pass to continue supporting that because i have so much time there but had i spent you know 30 dollars on the game would i be so inclined to buy another battle pass certainly not and so there's Again, we talk about a lot, value versus time versus what you need. Nobody needs to buy this Battle Pass to enjoy Apex, and there's something to that as well. I but, don't know. But I like it, man. I, I mean, I'm glad that it, it gives somebody, some people more things to strive for and, and to play for. I think is really the, the bare minimum that, that anybody was really looking for at this stage, having put in so many hours in the last month or so. And then the other thing, too, is that like Season 2 can just be even better. Like This is, this is, this is a Sean Capri model of dating. You start out and you take her out to like maybe McDonald's, maybe you buy, you know, taking her out there is, is step one. And mm-hmm. then like you don't only get to, it, don't, it can only get better from here. And they're learning along the way. They started with a quality game, which I think is, is the theme that we continue to return to is the yeah. game has got to be good. And um, I, I just, I'm just glad to see that Respawn is, is seeing success, man. I even played Titanfall 2 on my PC the other day because I just wanted to, to expand my my horizons on on the PC and Titanfall Two is one of the best games that that I've played in a long long time, man. So it's I don't know. I'm excited to see what they what they got going on. I remember when when this game first came out, and I said to you like I can't wait to buy the Battle Pass. And to be honest, like the one thing that has kept me from buying this Battle Pass is just overwhelming negativity from the internet. Like, and I didn't even know what is in it. All I knew is that people were pissed, and that's what I get really frustrated with is when maybe uh, negative conversations overtake like when the narrative is so negative that people can't even hear what the message actually is and you're just overcome with this wave of negativity i'm like well i was excited to buy this thing but all i hear are people bitching and complaining <laughs> i don't even know what it's about so well part of that's on you to make sure your echo chamber isn't isn't full of negative people or negative things i mean we create our own social media following i mean that's, when that's it's, a- yeah you're right normally but there's 50 million people who are playing this thing so even a portion of that is going to it's tough to ignore and tough to avoid. I think one thing with our gaming culture is that we see oftentimes the loudest people had no intention of being supportive in the first place. I know. Uh, and but this happens with with lots of things. This is not an Apex specific totally uh, outlier. And so when it comes to legends, I think they've for all examples in the gaming industry, Fortnite, uh, Apex, anything else, you got a good example of how to make a good game, a great game. Continue to keep that player base engaged, happy, feel rewarded, um, and they will continue to fund your projects, and it's a mutual symbiotic relationship. And mm-hmm. I think the first battle pass is a first battle pass. It's not like it's breaking the bank. I would have paid 20 bucks for it, yep. given the amount of time that I've enjoyed this game. And if not, no one need buy it to enjoy good gameplay. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't think we need to... There's not much more to be uh, said about that, I'm sure. Adam Leonard is loving all this talk about Apex Legends and and The Division and No Man's Sky. All the games that... These are all very much Mega Dad's games. 
Well, let me continue with that theme in that uh, looks like uh, Battlefield Firestorm is coming out this week, <laughs> same week as the Battle Pass. Like I, I and likely many others were like, I bet they do that. Yeah, I bet it happens. Um, and so that Firestorm will have to compete with being a paid paid game with a with a mode in it versus a free game that anyone can access. So we'll see how that battle royale Good turns out. I'm God. hopeful. For it. I know, I know. But let's not dwell there, my friend. Uh, let's move on to some more uh, exciting news. Game Pass is getting even more games. I mean, we knew it would happen, but Sean, did you see the current list of, of games? Edith Finch is one of the best, if not the best, walking simulator. There's got to be a better way to describe those games um, that I've ever played. I absolutely adore this game. And there is um, a few other games that uh, Vampire, Vampire, I really wanted to try out, but never did. Uh, I never bought it, but now it's uh, now it's free on Game Pass. Those were um, two two of them that that jumped out at me, my friend. I was excited for What Remains of Edith Finch as well. I saw that and I was like, that's the game that I consistently never pulled the trigger on, mm-hmm. even when it was on sale. And I kept kept thinking, should I? Should I? Should I? Now I'm going to, and I'm excited for that. Um, Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. That's hitting this week as well. Probably that by the time this launches. That game is really good. That game is so that game- good. It is really good, and I think I would encourage anybody that wants a self-paced game that that um, is is quite, I would say, well polished. Deus Ex: Mankind Divided is good stuff. It's very it's heady. Stuff. It's very like intellectual. It'll make you think. It's not just your dumb dumb shooter. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of great systems in there. It's a cool universe. Great uh, uh, main character protagonist. It's um it's something that I just never got to finish. I put it uh, probably about a dozen hours into it when it first came out. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. it has not left my hard drive. And I'm a deleter. Like, I've got a lot of space. I've got three terabytes on my Xbox. I've got the internal one terabyte and an external two. Um, but I try not to hoard too many games. That game has stayed on my system for many years now. I always intended on going back to it. Maybe with it being launched into Game Pass, it just sort of, like, brings it front of mind again. I'm like, oh, man, that game is good. Just start over from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And not at all coincidentally, all its DLC is on sale this week, and so oh that's you know certainly good marketing there. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is going to be hitting on April 1st. Uh, a bit of irony in that it's landing on the 1st of April, but I do enjoy that Marvel uh-huh. vs. Capcom 4 will have new life. Um, I, I wanted to play this game. Yeah. I didn't play this game, and now I'm going to get a chance to. Uh, I always like the Marvel. I never really care about the Capcom. And so if they just make a Marvel fighting game, I'd be a happy camper. But I like that this is a Game Pass. Uh, Walking Dead Michonne is going to get in there. That's the one Walking Dead I've not played, uh, short of this most recent uh, mainstay season. And then a game I can't pronounce, Operencia. Nailed it. Sure. The Stolen Sun. Yep, you know. It's your type of game. Uh, that's also hitting Game Pass, and those are the ones we know about. Good list. Very good list. Very diverse. Very very intriguing, man. And and just get Game Pass. Adam Leonard, go get Game. By the way, Adam, I should just. Should t- I love Adam Leonard. By the way, uh, I'm I'm playing uh, Resident Evil Two, and I've 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 discovered Mr. X. I am terrified of this man, and I don't know what his problem is. I don't know what I what I did to him for him to be following me around like this. I don't like it. I'm all out of ammo. I'm all out of health, and I'm all out of love, and I'm so lost without you. I I saw oh goodness it wasn't it wasn't Resident Evil two but one of the other very recent oh Metro Metro and Resident Evil two are the two <sighs> games that I've not gotten a chance to play and I'm waiting for them to to go down just a little bit more before I pull the trigger but my spring breaks in a few weeks and man I can just see myself snagging one of those and just marathoning it on spring break in my boxers eating eating junk food and just having a ball oh so my it's gosh, either so Metro much sodium. 
Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. It's not even gonna be healthy. Are you? How are you not eating right now? You can't possibly. St- <laughs> I can't. I can't upset Adam Leonard too much. Oh man, God! I, if if you had been on time, I'd have had I had cookies prepared. Yeah, I know. Um, they didn't. They didn't last. They did not last. I was uh, I was streaming. I had a great stream on Tuesday this week at Mixer.com slash Insipid Ghost. Uh, but I had a good old time, and I found that with these new A10s, I can just flip the mic up and not blow anybody out, and I can just put put uh, Mr. Badbit on a topic. I'll just be like. Oh, Bloodborne sucks, and I'll just flip my mic up, and I got 15 minutes I can just chew and enjoy playing a game and not worry about blowing anybody's mic out. It's great, and he'll just be like, oh, this has been our Bloodborne game of the century. Mm-hmm. Ah, then- <laughs> I still can't change my name. That's so true. I love you, Joseph. So, side note, Sekiro comes out this week. I'm very excited to review Holy that. Now, we'll have coverage of that for you guys, and I'll probably stream that again uh, over on Mixer, so do say hello there. Sean, can I give you a stoplight review from our buddy Brendan Myers? I love Brendan Myers. I too, the winter gamer himself. Uh, he took a code from us a few weeks ago for uh, Mullet Man and the Moleman. Amazing. And, and this game looked super charming. But but Brendan says Mullet Man and the Moleman is a fun, challenging puzzle platformer where you traverse the level while kicking the Moleman to safety before being swallowed up by a fire. Can be played with up to four players, uh, which makes it the game less difficult. Uh, and you have an awesome selection of skills. Uh, and if you don't have anybody to play with and want the challenge, go ahead. But my recommendation is for anybody who has a co-op partner uh, or two to go ahead and enjoy it. Uh, Mullet Men and the Moleman uh, is the game. And I saw screenshots of this. And this looks like a super fun, like pixelated uh, platformer. And that's, that's good stuff, man. Thank thanks, you, Brendan. Thanks, Brendan. That is awesome, man. I'm glad we were able to spotlight that game just a little bit. The name itself the title of the game deserves a call out at the very least so i'm glad that uh, it sounds interesting that's for sure mm-hmm. i i agree and if you are want to get in on uh checking out an id at xbox game from from and courtesy of the xbox drive just tweet us uh let us know you'd be interesting in reviewing something and all you got to do is tweet us a review back it helps us engage with you and we enjoy it so greatly yeah, man. sean capri Before. continuing that theme of uh Twitter engagement over at the Xbox Drive. Uh, we Eric Green wrote in and said, how about those Castlevania and Contra collections? Did you see anything about these? I didn't put them in the notes. I did see them. I saw a lot of people get real excited about it. I'm glad that maybe perhaps there will be a day where we can forgive Konami for their transgressions against all of us personally and directly. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't have a huge, honestly, I don't have a huge connection to Castlevania or, or Contra. I think those games are balls hard. Um, but I'm glad people are pumped about them. How about you? Same, very much the same. I, I, those have a certain uh, wonderful legacy within gaming, and they certainly impacted a lot of games that I love. But and I'm enjoying Bloodstained mostly, and that's all I can really say. I don't really, I've never really gotten into Castlevania, but I'm glad that we are seeing more examples of older games being available for people to play now. I think that's important, uh, and there that they are available and accessible. So cool. I just hope they're not priced ridiculously. Who knows? Did Konami you see, Konami. did you see that there was a Konami reference with the, um, the Google, the Google machine that's happening? Yes, on the Google Stadia controller, which is the only piece of hardware that will launch with Google Stadia, and we'll get into that with our cruise control topic. On the back of their controller, what is there, Mr. Capri? There's that the um, up, diagonal, left, down, down, whatever the code is. Up, up, down, down, left, right, BA, start, select, something or other. Affectionately called the, the Konami, Konami code. code. Yeah, mm-hmm. very weird. Yeah, they it's have very that kind weird of that that's what the they put on the back. Like the yes, company that like has really like not really not really a timely reference. <laughs> 
I would say for something that is so futured and forward facing, they give you the Konami code. So I don't know. Very strange. Um, thought they we're they, gamers too. Yeah, we know about us. video games. We googled this Konami code business and we put it on the back of the controller because we have no real history. They didn't with video bang games. It. Say what? That was a bang joke. I said they didn't bang it. Oh, they didn't. They should. They probably did. Actually, sorry, bang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was an amazing Spider-Man one. I use Bing for the rewards. They're actually really good with rewards. So if you want free Game Pass every month, guys, I gotta use do Bing. that. Yeah, that's actually pretty it's, good. It's it's it's, it's not bad, and it's it's a worthy search engine. I'll say that. Um, Sean, I think that brings us to the topic of the hour, the topic of the week, and perhaps perhaps the most talked about topic this year. Uh, we haven't seen E3 yet, and we know Microsoft's planning a big one, but Google launched its foray into the gaming sphere. Uh, they're the newcomer, much as uh, Sega and, and Sony and Microsoft once much as they once were. But Google Stadia is coming in 2019. You want to tell us about your thoughts, what it is, or would you like me to prep them? Yeah, no, this is this was a very Google-y type of event, um, starting off with a, a lead man telling us that he is not a gamer. Um, they gave us a whole bunch of features and, and high-level thoughts and promises. Um, they they try to lend to credibility with the likes of Doom and uh, and personalities and, and intellectuals and great people like Jade, Jade Raymond. Um, I think we can get into the the nitty gritty of it. I I I found myself wowed overall by the presentation, and I thought it was a very bold presentation. But I still don't know, man. I still like well, before, you, before you talk to me about your concerns. Tell me what it is. Oh, I'm sorry. What is Stadia? Stadia, first of all, the name I, I dig. I like the name Stadia. Um, it is a cloud-based uh, internet service. It's, it's just Netflix for video games. So you, you can just open up your browser like a lot of people did with Assassin's Creed Odyssey with Project Stream this past fall. Uh, you open mm-hmm. up a browser, and somewhere in the, in the sky slash cloud, um, a computer is uh, is running the computer game, the video game that you're playing, and you're just you're just controlling it with your controller. You don't have to have a, a local box. There is no Google Box. That was made abundantly clear. You can actually use any controller. It seems um, an Xbox One controller, a PlayStation Four, uh, mouse and keyboard, if you want to, across any device: a tablet, a phone, desktop computer. Uh, a TV connected with Chromecast. It seems like so. If it's a... got an HD screen and an internet connection, you effectively have Stadia. Yes, correct. Well, that's the thing that I was confused about. I don't know. I guess technically you have Stadia, but then you have you have to buy the games. So this, I, I say it's Netflix, but I'm still not even sure if like is it a subscription model? Do I buy special games? So that was unclear. But you're right. If you have a uh, internet empowered device with a HD screen, you can pretty much be playing what seems like a, a huge variety of games mm-hmm. on an instant. Uh, it's certainly so. It's, it's a cloud-based computing system where you don't need a, a console to play console-quality games. Now, this should sound familiar to any Xbox and Microsoft fan in that it's the the vision of xCloud from, from what we can tell early on. And again, like you said, Google did not announce pricing structures, but it certainly did fire several shots across the bow uh, of Sony, of Microsoft, of Nintendo. They even put graphics up there to show how many teraflops their, their 
cloud servers will, will run as compared to an Xbox One X and a mm-hmm. PlayStation Pro. Um, it was a bit of a misnomer because they showed that, well, the Google Stadia will run at 10 point something teraflops, whereas PlayStation Pro 4.9 and Xbox One X 6 point, I believe it was 7, but but it doesn't matter. Um, but what's so amusing to me about that is it was a wonderful graphic for a presentation. The PlayStation Pro came out a year before the Xbox One X. The Xbox One X and the PlayStation Pro are both single consoles. Whereas these cloud things can—they're not one anything. They're—they're—they're they're, they're a nebulous entity. They can have as many as they need to per, you know, game per, per server per service. And so it was a little bit of a misnomer to say that the Xbox One X has this many teraflops, whereas we have this many. You can have as many as you want. You plug up enough servers. Um, so that was an interesting idea. The idea that, that it can scale from 1080p to 4K to to 8K. And have HDR uh, for any device capable of displaying that, and all the processing's handled on their end. Certainly impressive. Uh, the controller uses aspects of the Switch Pro controller, the, the DualShock Four, and the Xbox One controller. And uh, I gotta say, controllers aren't re- being redefined very much lately, Sean. But they, this one certainly looks clean and it looks nice. Doesn't look like the Ouya controller or anything silly like that. I didn't get a, a chance to look at the backside of it though. Did it have like two bumpers or uh, triggers in a bumper or or like R one R two kind of kind of deal? I only saw one, but maybe I maybe it it's not really the most important thing. I I thought um it was talking about those those numbers and metrics and, and whatnot. I thought it was not not interesting. I thought it was completely dishonest. Um, I know our good friend Bobby, the Nintendo guru, was mentioning this as well, that everything is throttled by internet connection. So sure, it could, like, potential, why not just say it, it can go up to 12K? Like, why even limit it to these things? And this weird um, transition period that, we, that we're in of, of going from locally-based single console units to cloud-based stuff, where they're trying, they have to translate to language that we know and understand. Like we, like some of us uh, understand what teraflops are and what the things that drive power are and resolution. But um, there will be a day when, when this, this streaming concept really takes off where I think the language is actually going to evolve. I don't think that any of those things really translate because what I think the the inference is is that somewhere in a Google server farm is that there are just stacks and stacks and stacks of GPUs and CPUs and stacks of RAM that that represent um, like a console that is streaming out to uh, what we're engaging with, and I don't think that that's really what is happening at all. So I just thought that the the rundown of the specs to be knowingly dishonest, but in a way to try and translate to uh, language that, that we currently speak, instead of, I don't really know what else they really could have done, but I think they know that it's not truly honest, and I don't like that. Oh, that's a fascinating take. I think this is all very much uh, messaging, and I don't. I did not take it as dishonest so much as I, talked, I took it as transition language, um, something we saw Microsoft completely fail at at the beginning of this generation, because the Stadia looks to me like what Microsoft was attempting to realize early on um, with, with Xbox One and digital sharing and digital games. Uh, it looks like that was this is the next step of that realized along with xCloud, and certainly it's worth to say Microsoft absolutely knew this was coming. Uh, I think a number of the partners did. We've seen so many uh, connections with Microsoft and other places, Nintendo kind of being the most obvious one, but they demonstrated xCloud a week prior on Inside Xbox in real time, mm-hmm. uh, much the way Google did in their own version of real time, which which was absolutely impressive, but again, both controlled environments. Um, I very much 
think that in in messaging this the way they did, Google is is uh, setting up the industry to shift away from standard boxes. And I think that uh, at the moment, Microsoft is poised quite well to help with that transition and that they'll have the box for the the consumers who are very gun-shy to leap in. Because, uh, I mean, at the beginning of this generation, John, I was all physical. Mm-hmm. It took me time to become all digital. Now I'm all digital. The idea of going and buying a game at a store is strange to me now, uh, whereas some people you know, are, are steadfast on owning a disc. And, and that takes time to transition. It can't be as... Uh, you know, down the barrel, do it right now or, or you're out as, you know, the early Xbox One, uh, Terry Meyerson era had it. But I did run a poll for for our followers on the old Twitterverse, Sean. And the question was, in the wake of Stadia, the Stadia announcement and given the current positioning, uh, which of the first parties has the most work to do in order to prepare for next gen? Have you seen the results of this? I saw it about midway through and I don't think that it was very divisive from what I saw. Or I'm sorry, well, de- decisive. It was not decisive. At the end of this poll, we had about 80, 80 plus people, 84 jumped in and, and answered this. 39% said Microsoft had the most work to do. The least amount was Nintendo with 27%, and Sony was comfortably in the middle at 34%. Uh, and that is that could be a testament to, to first-party IP on Nintendo's part, Sony's grand positioning at having uh, sold more units by a factor of 2 to 1 this generation. Uh, but they said Microsoft was the one poised with the most work to do for next-gen, uh, despite xCloud being what seems to be very similar. Uh, what are your thoughts kind of on... The idea of xCloud compared to Stadia and Microsoft's new positioning in, in the wake of their bringing in new studios and exclusives and Nintendo relationships. That's a lot to take in. But when you look at our positioning or, or the positioning of Microsoft going into next gen, how, how do you feel in the wake of Stadia? I feel okay. And I think that our good friend um, and listener of the show, of course, Phil Spencer, uh, feels validated by this as well. He he wrote a it seemed like an open letter on reset resetera resetera. No, it was an internal era an inter- internal email to the Xbox team that went out onto reset era. Oh, that was it was like leaked. I don't know that it was leaked. Um, several perhaps insiders just reported on it, and that's what and and we were linked to the reset era article by our friend Garrett Bland. Thank you, Garrett. Hi, Garrett. Um, but. But that, that's where it came across your desk. Yeah, so he so I don't know if it was. he sort of says, like, wow, what a big day. Google came out swinging. But back to us, like, we this seems to validate the, the position that we've taken over the last couple of years. Obviously, Microsoft has been building towards this streaming future in a, in a while. So for that reason, I feel okay about this. To your question, I feel okay that um, Microsoft seems to be seems to be ready for this from a platform standpoint, but to the poll question, I think that I agree with where um, where the poll results ended up because uh, while Microsoft has done a tremendous amount of work on acquiring new studios, there's still a lot to be proven. There's still, there's still that God of War echelon and Spider-Man echelon of games that Microsoft has, has yet to hit, and it's obvious why like it's obvious because they've been they've been preparing for this transformational shift in the industry and they're ready for it with google and i am just like my mind is exploding with the diametrically opposed positions basically between like google on one end and 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 microsoft right there uh, and then and then nintendo like nintendo is not in any way shape or form um indicating that they're going heading in this direction at all and i think that for the first time ever uh, that's okay for some reason it just seems like the gaming universe is so large that maybe maybe there is room for these new dimensions of gaming so 
I I just I will always love Gears. I will always love Halo. One day I will play Fable. Um, so I'm really I will continue to be an Xbox fan. Uh, I just really hope that they crush Google <laughs> this, but I'm not sure what's gonna happen, dude. They really have to come out and come out swinging at E3. I think. I agree. And in that note, Phil said that hey, Google's time was now. Uh, and we're par- I'm paraphrasing. Google's time was now. They went big. We too will go big, but at E3. Uh, you and- know, I think that the the best thing. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just realized that Microsoft is probably better po- poised for the uh, future of the industry, only because they know that choice is king. And while I think there was a lot of different features that that make it appear like you've got a lot of choice on the Google platform, mm-hmm. I think um, what we're going to see with the with the future of the Xbox platform is if you want to have a diskless system then you can have that. If you want to have a super-powered X, like, local instance of your of your, uh, of your your console and all the benefits that come around with that, you can have that. If you want to have streaming and the flexibility that that creates, you can have that. Like, I think that they actually have a more well-fleshed-out portfolio of, of gaming options, even though it seemed like, well, I can play on my phone or tablet or a desktop computer on, on Google. I anticipate all of those things, plus the additional support of... Um, the various SKUs for boxes that you can buy in the Xbox land. That is my that was my take on it as well. Is that given the Azure server network and given XCloud's ambitions, but also kind of the gun shy nature of a lot of people to adopt all digital in the wake of internet speeds. Like Stadia was talking about, all right, if you have twenty five meg down, you're okay. We'll get you good good service. That's that still makes me worry about data caps and there's a lot of infrastructure and pricing questions that come with those things. And the idea that Microsoft could do both is is positive. Mm-hmm. Nintendo, the same thing. Um, and their, their relationship with Xbox, I think, is going to be crucial over the next three, four years uh, with Xbox Live hitting Switch, with xCloud having the potential to touch multiple devices that perhaps Nintendo could or will produce. Uh, there, there is a lot of, there's a lot of nebulous speculation that I, I think I enjoy looking into i enjoy that speculation because to me it doesn't strike as the same way as rumors that seem unfounded this seems like all right practicality wise we see xbox live hitting switch we see project x cloud in in the wild or beginning to show up in the wild through this year so i'm very curious to see where it goes microsoft in my mind was best poised to tackle next gen because if indeed it does come down to SKUs and x cloud and servers and and all those options you're going to need games and Having lost this generation with IP, having lost this generation in terms of console sales, and still been able to make make money and, and acquire so many studios, they have 13 exclusive studios to produce games large and small. Me? So, I'm okay. sorry, I, I just think there's there is clearly solid footing to not limp into the next gen and the way perhaps Sega did with Dreamcast or anything. They're not going to limp in. Uh, or at least they're not poised to limp in. Who knows what will happen? But they certainly, all three major players in gaming, have a good reason to be hopeful. And there, there's a lot to that, given that there's a new player on the battlefield. Uh, you oh, know, the, the, the one thing that I... Uh, good one. The one thing that Thanks. I am missing uh, from, the, from the complaint department on the internet is... Um, this is inherently an online-only platform. You have to have internet, not even just good internet. You have to have internet, period. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of the, the complaints that happened, you know, of course it was a number of years ago when Xbox One launched. But the fact that it was mm-hmm. online-only was insulting so, to so many people. And um, I guess it's maybe just a, an indication of how far we've come since then that 
people aren't quite as personally insulted by this, but I think it ultimately will affect the the rollout of this, which goes to my my uh, my point earlier about having choice. If you don't have great internet, you will have still a great ex- Xbox experience or the potential for one. And I think that's a that speaks to the position that PlayStation played. Uh, when it launched PlayStation 4, where it kind of walked that line a little better, I'm just I'm I'm super curious on how ready people are for this, how ready the industry is for this. Um, Ubisoft does a tremendous job of of being in all places <laughs> at all times. It seems um, Yves Guimont, Yves Guimont, uh, with his Division T-shirt appropriately he had, did you see him they, they gave him a little shout out in the, in the crowd and they're like yeah that's great a that man with some money he looked like robert california from the office he was he's like so, i'm rich fools he was, thank you he's a founder I, and i love what he has done with his company and i also love that he's sitting there with his shirt but his like jacket was open just enough so that the division logo like if you're wearing your jacket normally that thing is not showing but he made sure he his got publicity his, his mm-hmm. publicist reach up he's like are right, you about to go live i'm gonna bring this out yeah, there we go get All that right. left breast out Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So very interesting. Now, do you think? Okay, so this. Well, I have one last question for you before we, uh, before I eat my very cold McDonald's now. Um, mm-hmm. Google Stadia is launching in 2019. Number one, mm-hmm. when in 2019 do you think it launches? And number two, does that change things, or do you think that uh, Xbox has a response within 2019 in terms of a product release for the next gen? Oh. Like does that uh, like does that change right. things? It Google has changed things. Now, yeah. whether the magnitude as to which we feel it or it's so evident, I mean, they changed things well before yesterday, well before their announcement, because it was very clear that Nintendo and Microsoft knew this was coming. Uh, Sony Sony chose they probably knew and they went dark. Uh, Microsoft and Nintendo chose to bolster their own partnerships, demonstrate XCloud technology, and kind of publicly you know flirt on Twitter even more. Uh, in order to strengthen their position, uh, Google's ripple—the the ripple here—will be felt for for probably a decade, and I don't think that's an exaggeration given their tech giant prowess. Microsoft is the only other tech giant with a network and hardware setup to to take on something like that, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, for now, for now, I mean, we're talking large scale infrastructure, Azure clouds versus um, Google Google Farms, but this. Announcement. If I if if Google continues to be as brazen as they are, I mean, they're using the phrase "play anywhere" in their marketing. They're showing uh, they're showing the Konami code. They're showing their controller, which looks like all the other controllers merged into one. If they continue to be this brazen and dig at each one of the little uh, inset audience bases in each one of them, I could see them launching this at E3, whilst yeah. you know, like d- wow. during a Microsoft presentation, and all of this will be for naught. If they don't have something worthwhile to play, mm-hmm. there's no reason for me to open up my Chrome browser and play Doom Eternal on a laggier connection when I could play it locally. For now, for now, that's if, interesting. But, but, they need like a launch lineup. Holy crap! You're right, man. Right. They have nothing exclusive, whereas Microsoft has 13 exclusive studios mm-hmm. uh, to create stuff for their Xbox branded content wherever that ends up switch screen x cloud xbox whatever but the the early adopters will will choose a local box most likely and then over time it'll it'll leak into to chrome and so there's there's a lot of questions we don't have answered i think google shot a great first volley i think um it felt authentic didn't it 
it felt like it, felt- it was made by people who really know games, and they, they brought in the right people. Phil Harrison, Jade Raymond, they brought people from id. They had Ubisoft. Like They seemed to be checking off boxes the entire time. Yeah, Ubisoft's always at the forefront. They'll be at Ouya's too if 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 given the option. <laughs> but to throw it up there isn't isn't another trade off. That's like okay, that's another good partner. They're running in Havoc Engine, which would you know that powers Halo. Mm-hmm. They're running in a number of different uh, engines there. It, it's it is exciting, and I got to be honest, I, I felt genuine nervousness about it. Not because I care where it all ends up, but because that journey that we so often talk about, that's going to be some rocky water, some exciting waters. And I'm scared because, you know, I, I love a certain, a certain set of games and, and people make fun of it, or I, I hate a certain set of games and it's, it's God's gift to gaming at any given time. Nintendo fans went through this, Xbox fans went through this, Sony fans went through this, and it's becoming more and more cloudy as to who you're supposed to be mad at. And that, that conversation can be scary, nerve-wracking, exciting, fun. I'm glad we do a podcast about it. I'm glad we stream oh about it. Gosh. Well, if there's, any, if there's any doubt about, like, the blending of generations, like, just take a box out of the, the equation, and all of a sudden, you like, there is no generation anymore. So that makes me think about, gosh, we didn't even talk about the store. The store is brilliant. The tie-in with YouTube, I think, is is monstrous and um, very dangerous for, for, for others. Um maybe even the, the mixer community as well. But um, mm-hmm. like the fact that this is going to launch in a different way, there's no retail element to this whatsoever. So like maybe you don't need a, a, a launch lineup, a brand new next-gen quote-unquote games. Maybe it's just a, like is the convenience factor enough? Like Netflix didn't launch with a... Uh, uh, they didn't really even get into Netflix originals until like many, many years into it. So I, this is so curious. We're totally into brand new territory, uncharted territory here. Uh, pardon the pun. So pricing, to... pricing structure will pay a pay a, in the wake of Game Pass and Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus and whether free to play games uh, should be required. You should have to have PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live to play those games. In the wake of all those things, Stadia's pricing will become that much more crucial, particularly given that Microsoft is trying to make Game Pass its primary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there, there's so much to look at and so many ways to evaluate this. I, the I last am. thing I'll say is I think um, people are wrong to ignore PlayStation on this. They uh, and people have forgotten how early on they they um, invested in streaming and with their with their purchase of Gaikai way back in the day. Um, that's going to rear its head pretty soon here as well. I don't think I don't think PlayStation is as far off as people think. Um, Xbox has just been much more open about its direction. Probably just to reassure fans that they haven't given up on them completely. Like that, there is a new direction that they're pursuing it. I think I think Sony has been afforded the the ability to be a little bit more secretive because they can just be upfront and personal with uh, all the amazing games that they've been releasing. Xbox has been more like this is where we're going and we're bringing you along with it. And there's there's certain allure to that as a gamer and as a fan of Xbox. Like oh guys, they're, they're they see the future. But I don't. I wouldn't discount PlayStation to say that they're not seeing the future. I think they saw it a long time ago. Um, but they've got they've got both feet in different pots, etc. I don't know what analogy you're going for, nope. but I agree with you. There is no reason to doubt them whatsoever. They just took a different approach. I'm That's really all hungry. it was. They decided to go quiet and 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 take that approach. I love video games. I too, my brother. I too. Uh, guys, you can find me over on Twitter at MLS Reserves. And really, I'd love some Mixer love. If you're able to, to go to Mixer.com slash Ghost and uh, join me there for any number of good conversations or games or uh, journeys that I go on publicly with games, I would love for you guys to say hello over there. 
And then you can follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri. It's Sean like Connery Capri, like the pants. Or on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. Give me a follow. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm streaming. And, um, dude, I'm I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. I think Division 2 for the next little bit. And I think I've got Metro coming in from the library. So Oh, do you really? I think so, man. I'm pretty stoked about it. So Hashtag check all that out. There. there you go. Right. Uh, go look at Poppy the Nintendo Guru. He's he's a good content creator. Sure, he made he made stuff he's about fine. this. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, I like him.